Welcome to the I Give a F1 podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Lynette, and we're here to talk about the latest news on Formula One. Hey, Lynette. Hi, Allison. What's been going on uh, other than watching preseason? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that, Formula One, all weekend long, and it is race week, finally. Can you believe it? I cannot, I cannot believe it. That's so crazy to me that we're, our lives are about to change as far as <laughs> how much we we are seeing each other and recording and keeping up. I know. I feel like it came so much faster this year. Like we're starting early. Yeah. It seems like to me. Yeah. Well, I just an update this weekend. I'm not sure if you saw on my my Instagram, but we took the boys to it's called Touch a Truck. Have you heard of like this? No, but I saw, where, I mean, I, I guess I've seen like where they have events like that, you know, fire trucks or other things, but it was funny because I saw your picture and I'm like, that's so cute. Like when you're little, the things that just like excite you and you just go get to look at trucks and <laughs> and go touch them and go inside of them. And it's like, that's fun. I cannot even tell you like how amazed they were. Like their eyes were glassed over, I think for a full two hours, they were so overstimulated we got to touch all of the trucks, like any kind of car you could think of. They had, they had motorcycles, fire trucks, buses. They had a big old bus, like just like a commuter bus that they were just so excited to hop into. And then when they're older, they're like, oh, I don't want to go on the bus. Oh, uh, no, seriously. Like could not be more uh, like unexcited to be on a bus uh, <laughs> now. But anyway, they were so excited. And um, so that, that was you know, the closest I got to a real life car experience this week, uh-huh. but I thought it was Eat interesting. your car boys. <laughs> <laughs> Starting them uh, young. I know. So, and then you've been working on our studio. Do you want to yeah. tell everyone about it? <laughs> well, we're going to be we'll filming it together. A and it's, yeah. A little bit of a secret, but we're going to be filming together soon. Um, and we'll be up on YouTube like that. So you can see us together and I think it's going to look really nice. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah. So uh, follow us on YouTube as well. We are going to be posting our podcast on YouTube, and eventually we will have, you know, in-person studio so we can record together, which will be great. But for now, we are here remote, and I think we should start with our Drive to Survive recap. What do you think? Let's go. All right. Okay. So (laughs) did you finish? I did not. I <laughs> preseason took over my entire weekend. I was trying to keep up with all that, and it was like hours and hours and hours of driving. And I was trying to take it all in and appreciate that. And Drive to Survive kind of came second. So I finished five episodes. Okay. What about That's you? Not bad. <laughs> I you finished finish it all. all. I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. You have such a nice room to watch all of it. Yeah, nice and comfy, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Easy to watch, easy to binge watch stuff in there. Yeah, so um, overall, what were your thoughts? I mean, we can get into episode by episode, but yes, no, eh, not your style. It didn't improve for me, hmm. honestly. It didn't improve. Okay. Um, it was kind of hard. Well, not hard, but like. I didn't feel excited to watch the next episodes. Like I didn't okay. feel, you know, when you watch a show and you're like, oh my God, like 
when's the next one? Or like if it runs out, like, oh, that's it. You know, like I didn't get that from this, which I think I have, I've kind of felt that way the past two seasons. Um, So yeah. yeah. They did do a lot of jumping around. Like you were saying, you didn't Mm want to see. Yeah. (laughs) The first four episodes, I was like, if I see Silverstone one more time. One more time. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I think in the end, it it did a little less jumping around, but um, but yeah, that's what I thought about it. But I still liked it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely um, geared towards, I think, just fans of drive to drive to survive, not necessarily fans of Formula One that are watching every weekend. Like maybe you watch a race or two, you know, a couple races throughout the season, but not somebody that follows it mm. every weekend and is following the news because then it, it like maybe that's why I feel like it gets a little bit repetitive mm. and I, I mean I felt like I watched the like some of the whole entire races sometimes yeah so it's like oh I, well, why did I watch why did I wake up early and watch all all season long so true I think they need to change that though because there are so many people now that are watching the races every weekend and are into it. And they, I think they need to change up their format a little bit more because yeah. I don't think that they can keep going like this because people will just feel like, oh, it's the same thing. It's the same things I watched. I already knew all of this. You know. Yeah. It's not exciting. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump right into it. Do you want to recap episode one? Uh, sure. Or do you want me to do it? <laughs> you can start, yeah. Since okay, I I'll just start. <laughs> since I just started off all negative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'll start. So, um, so episode one called "The New Dawn." We are greeted with a lovely cameo of Mattia and Gunther on a car ride through the Italian. It was in Italy, right? Yes, it was in Il- yeah, Italy. Which the Italian- I love that. Like that, I was interested in like I like that it was surprising like to see them too driving in the little Fiat and like going wine tasting I thought that was I thought that was fun I feel like we need we need a a new series on that I know Gunther, Gunther needs his own series I, know. <laughs> I think he was quoted saying oh well at least now when I lose this job I'll have a career or some with something yeah him and Mattia they'll have something to do now <laughs> yeah um, so anyway, Mattia and Gunther, you know, they go through a Italian winery and they try wines and they talk about what it's like to run teams in Formula One. And and then it kind of cuts to Gunther and all of his drama with their Russian sponsorships and their Russian driver, Nikita Mazepin. So kind of showed how they ended up letting him go and they were struggling to find a driver. They felt like they had a good enough car this year, but they really needed someone with experience. And I think that's why they ended up going with Magnuson. And it kind of showed what his current life was like, you know, outside of Formula One. I think he was really enjoying it and realizing that there's more to life than driving. So I thought that was cute to see like a little tidbit of him and his family and him coming back refreshed. And, you know, they showed that moment in the car where he's like, sitting there and they're trying to give him direction and there's like a, you know, just a stop in the, in the, in the episode. And he's, he's like, yeah, I got it. I got, I got this. Don't, don't, don't worry. (laughs) 
So um, I thought that was, you know, it was really cool kind of come back for Haas. We've seen Haas struggle in the past. And this last year, they they were doing all right, especially with Magnuson. Yeah, they had some good moments. Yeah, yeah. So it it begs to say, like, you know, I'm I am very excited to see where Haas goes this year, but it it was nice to see them kind of take a step forward. And and unfortunately for Mattia, we'll we'll see more, but <laughs> But at least Gunther, you know, he's he's in a good good headspace. So that's that's kind of the the recap of of episode one. Yeah, and I liked seeing that uh, Magnuson storyline. So I had said throughout the year last year that Magnuson was like a different person. Like he just seemed so happy. He was always smiling. And before it was just like he was so serious and like cold and just you know like not like he just didn't seem like a. I don't know, like a fun guy, a silly guy, or like, you know, like we weren't getting to know him personally. Yeah. And this year, I mean, it was like a totally different person. He was so happy. And then they would have him, um, like they would show parts of like in the garage with his baby. And like, it was just, it was a different person. And I like that they showed that because I noticed yeah. it for sure last season. Yeah. Totally different perspective and not so much pressure, I feel like, mm-hmm. coming back and yeah, so that was the recap of episode one. Do you want to do episode two? Um, yeah, so it was b- called Bounce Back. And so, of course, it was about Mercedes and the por- and porpoising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had um, <laughs> a lot of uh, talk between the team principals and trying to get everything sorted out with the porpoising. Yes. Um, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that team principal meeting in Canada. It yeah. That's so was, heated. And with Christian Horner telling, you know, asking Toto if he was playing it up for the cameras. And then I just thought it was kind of funny the way all the other team principals were just kind of laughing at Toto and the way he reacted <laughs> um, when they went outside, they were just like, well, I guess, I don't know, maybe unexpected. They weren't expecting that kind of reaction from Toto uh, with all of that. But yeah, so you'll you'll get to see how how they dealt with that. And what else did we have? Let's see. Um, and then we had a little bit of the Joe Guan Yu mm-hmm. crash, which mm-hmm. you'll see a couple times in the first episodes. I think the first four episodes, they'll keep showing that. Or at least parts of it because they keep going yeah. back to Silverstone. Um, but basically, that's that's what that was about. So I had a lot of feelings about this episode. <laughs> My feelings were mostly like really frustrated. I I felt for Lewis because there were a lot of parts in there where he was hurting. I mean, you could tell like he was struggling getting out of the car and mm-hmm. that was stuff that you didn't really see i feel on on your on your tv on espn you don't see that yeah i know. remember they did when they showed that he was getting out of the car but then it's you know they they just showed it and then they moved on cuz you know they they were showing the winners and all of that yeah, but, but yeah him, like, i remember limping after mm-hmm. and, like the pain that he really was in yeah and i mean it, it makes total sense why that would cause so much back pain, especially because he's, I mean, he's my age. He's 34, right? 34, 35? He's 38. And, oh, he's 38. Mm-hmm. I thought he was my age. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Even so, more reason. 
Yeah. And everyone, that's my age. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I found that to be so hard to watch. Like it just hurt me to watch. And these are supposed to be multi-million dollar machines that are safe, that are, you know, fun to drive and exciting to drive and fast. And I just cannot believe that it was so painful for them to drive. And, you know, George is a little younger, so I'm sure he was able to to manage the pain a bit. But I couldn't imagine with my body right now <laughs> just going through <laughs> all that. Balancing like that for two hours. Oh, Yeah. No. And that's probably no. why Toto was, I mean, it was very serious. Yeah. It was very serious to them. Yeah. And I think... I think it was interesting to see that meeting because it kind of shows Toto's likability within the other team principals. And I feel like having so many years at the top, he's not the most likable guy, at least to his competitors. I think when you're watching Drive to Survive, you love to root for a Toto or you love to root for a Mercedes. or you, I mean, you're either a Mercedes or a Red Bull fan if you're watching Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting now to see his popularity from a different perspective, which is the principal perspective. And they all, I think, are just like over him. So that was <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, then, it did. That's what it looked like. It looked like they were just over it, and they were just like, "Let's go. We have things to do." You know, they just didn't really care what he had to care. say. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't. He was like. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not okay with this. <laughs> he definitely he did got not take it. it very well. No, no. And then, uh, and then the Joe crash was was really crazy. So when the, when this happened in real time, we were watching the race, but they weren't. We missed the actual accident. So I think I was probably off with the kids or something, helping them go down for a nap or whatever. But I missed the crash. And so when I got back to the TV, there was no footage of what happened. They were keeping it very hush-hush on TV because they didn't want to show because they weren't sure if he was okay Mm -hmm. or not. So I thought that was really cool to be able to look back and see, you know, in slow motion and how George immediately got out of his car, went to check on him. You know, everyone's there helping him out. And that was... A perspective that I hadn't seen, which I liked. And the only other thing I had on this episode, I'm sorry if y'all are Tom Cruise fans. I like <laughs> Top Gun, okay? I'm a Tom Cruise fan too, but he annoyed the shit out of me on this episode. <laughs> like him being in the paddock and saying, oh, 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 well, well Lewis is just going to have to pass all those people again now. You know, it's like, no shit. No shit. <laughs> you think? Um, you think? And, like, he's just, like, sitting there behind Toto, like, probably annoying the shit out of Toto because he's, mm-hmm. like, in his, like, game mode. And Tom Cruise is sitting there, like, behind him, like, what's, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? What, what just happened? You know, it's like, oh, my God. Stop. Stop. <laughs> he annoyed me so much. And that's so the thing much. with the celebrities in the, in the garages and the paddock. It's Just goes <laughs> to show, like, step back. Like, step back, give them space. This is their job. This is their, like, livelihood. And you're sitting there, like, chirping away in their ear. I'm surprised. And I wonder if they're going to kind of tone that down in the future. Because I don't know if you noticed. Well, um, 
And I noticed a lot in the later episodes, but in the paddock in the back part, there's just so it's so crowded now. There's so many people. Um, right. Every fan like goes up to them and just like takes a selfie. They don't even say anything to them. They're just like, like you know, brush up next to them, taking a picture. And I mean, it's I see so that. And that to me, that's so annoying. Like I would never do that. Um, but it just, yeah. I, I to me, I think like they need to put a stop to that. Which, which is like it sucks because if like as a fan, you get paddock tickets, and that's part of the experience is being back there you know, seeing them walk around naturally, you know, while they work. And now I think it's just getting interrupted way too much. And also the celebrities as well, you know, they're, they want to be in the garage. They want to be as if they're part of the team. And I, I kind of, I'm kind of like, no, I don't want to see celebrities in there um, being as if they're part of the team. You know, I, I want the focus to be on the race and, like, I don't want anything else to be making the team lose focus. And I feel right. like that's kind of going in that direction because mm. there are so many celebrities and now so many fans in the back mm. um, just mm-hmm. in the way. And and I'm sure it's a distraction, you know, because they have like the entrance to the garages and then they have their trailers in the back, like that they walk back and forth. And it's such a short distance and they get stopped right. like so many times and that has to just mess with them. Yeah. I'm just done with the celebrities being yeah, me too. being uh highlighted at all these races. I mean, it's just so annoying. Like nobody's there to see you. Yeah. I don't <laughs> if they were I there don't to, care if for anyone that. was there <laughs> to see you, they would be coming to your your movie premieres exactly. or, or paying for their <laughs> and, Oscar. And it's not ticket. like they're going they're not going as fans. They're going a lot of them, some very few do, but you can tell that they go they and they want the attention on them. Yeah, yeah they and they want the attention about. on them. Yeah. So exactly. that's that's what I don't like. Yeah, for sure. Okay, there's our rant. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, I just couldn't help myself. I got I got real passionate about it. But uh, anyway, on to episode three. Are you good with two? So yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, so episode three is called Matter of Principle. It starts in Miami with Carlos and Charles and, you know, Ferrari and how well they started out this season. They have a Ferrari. They kind of introduce my, the Miami race and they have a Ferrari one, two at the front of the grid when the race starts and they end up losing out to max because of the tire strategy behind the safety car. So once they have their tires, you know, Carlos wants to win. He starts it. It Okay. So basically they lose out to Max. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but they lose out to Max in that race. The next race is at Silverstone. Carlos is speaking, you know, Silverstone again. Yeah. Silverstone <laughs> again. Carlos is, you know, talking about how he really wants to win his first race and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, during the race, they end up having a restart and Carlos starts in pole position and Carlos and Charles fight the, you know, they dry, they fight it out and Carlos ends up having to let him pass because the radio comes through and says, Hey, you're not doing as well. Like you gotta let Charles pass. And then they end they end up bringing Carlos in to get new tires and Carlos comes out. He's faster than Charles. 
Carlos, doesn't he like ignore the radio call? Yeah, he kind of, he didn't ignore it. He, he just says, kind of don't tell kept me to asking them. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't and do this. He, and so he kind of went back and forth with them. And then finally they tell Charles they have to switch the cars because yeah. he was faster. He was on better tires. And yeah. it was for the best because he he did end up getting his, his win. Yeah. And they show Charles's frustration at the end and, and, I thought it was really interesting how when Mattia was interviewed, he said, Ferrari doesn't have a number one driver. We don't have, we don't, we don't favor one driver over the other. I'm sorry, but I feel like that's a load of crap. It's a load of crap. Like every team should have their focus on one driver. And if you don't have your one and two, like where's your strategy Mm. in the races? I mean, Charles is the number one driver. He is better in most races than Carlos, in my opinion, I feel as though he should be the number one driver. And, and when they are looking to bring drivers in to get fresh tires, why would they only bring Carlos? Like bring in both of them. They both are on bad tires. They have an opportunity to get fresh tires, bring them both in, especially at that race, because they had enough time. Lewis was behind them on, on old tires as well, I think. And so bring them both in. What, what was, what was going through the heads of Ferrari at that point in time? I really don't know. And I'm passionate about it because I feel as though everyone in America or anywhere was so frustrated watching them make mistake after mistake after mistake with the strategies and the tire, the, the tire changes and the pit stops. I mean, anyway, so that's my soapbox, but <laughs> I was just like, don't say that you don't have a number one driver because if you don't have a number one driver, that you then where's your strategy at? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was kind of frustrated with Mattia in that point, but I thought it was really great. You know, Charles ended up getting his bearings about him. He ended up showing up in the team photo, smiling next to Carlos. I mean, he was happy for Carlos. I think they get along. But it's it had to have been frustrating for him, especially because he was in the running for the championship and they neglected him. Yeah. And it just shows the mistakes that Ferrari was making last year. And in mm-hmm. one, one of the episodes, um, well, throughout these, like you can tell how, why Mercedes was where they were. And it was because of, like they got lucky in the beginning half of the season so much. I mean, that's why their points were up there because of the Ferrari mistakes. And you see in the beginning, um, Red Bull had a couple issues like with Max and and the cars and Mercedes just took advantage of that. But yeah, Ferrari just had way too many mistakes. And yeah. And I mean, what you say about the number one and number two driver, I think Ferrari are going to have this problem probably this year because they're both good drivers. They're both great yeah, drivers. And Carlos does not seem like the type to just sit back and be the number two driver. Maybe yes. this year, I know he had you know made some comments that in the beginning he wasn't too comfortable, like he was still getting used to the car and maybe wasn't fully like fighting, trying to make, be that top name. Like I'm not going to be the number two driver, but I have a feeling that this year he will. And he's really going to fight for it. And that's going to be interesting how Ferrari take, like how they deal with that because it yeah. could get them in trouble. 
you know, to have these two drivers, these two really great drivers fighting it out like that. I mean, we've seen before how it, you know, it happened to Mercedes and just other teams, how how it can create a problem. So, Well, I think with Vasseur being, you know, having that relationship with Charles, Mm -hmm. I do feel like that's going to benefit Charles more than it will benefit Carlos. I, I think that they're both amazing drivers. They both deserve a number one seat. But I think at the current moment where Charles finds himself is more of a benefit than where Carlos does because Carlos probably. And I wonder how Carlos will deal with that. Like, will we see arguing on the radio between Carlos now? You know, like, is he going to get that frustration? Is he going to be feeling upset because he is getting put second? Yeah. 100%. Well, that Um, covers that episode. You want to do four? Let's see. So four, like father, like son. Um, This was one of the ones I had mentioned that I wanted to see about Mick and Haas um, Mm -hmm. and just the relationship that they like Mick had with Gunther and all of the trouble that he had. You know, they showed a few of his bad accidents. costing them half a million dollars each oh my time. Gosh, I know. Yeah. And um I so I've noticed this on previous seasons about Haas and this time. Haas just seems like a not a very good environment to work for. Mm. <laughs> and and we were talking, we're like, I is it is it Gunther or is it Gene Haas? Because Gunther, the amount of times that he's like, I have to call, I have to call Gene, I have to call Gene, I have <laughs> to call Gene after everything. And it's like, okay, well, and it was like immediate. As soon as something happened, I have to call him. It's like, okay, yeah. so who's the boss here? Like, you know, who's the yeah. team principal? Like deal with things first there and then later give him a call. Like he just seems like a very big part of it. And I think that might contribute to the, like, I feel like it's just kind of chaotic and kind of toxic. Um, right. The way things are are running at Haas. Um, and, like, with this episode, I got that impression a lot. Yeah. I think, for me, seeing that friendship between Mick and Seb, I didn't realize they were, I mean, I, I guess I sort of knew they were that close, but. Hearing Mick say, you know, he's one of the first people that I would call, you know, after like Mm -hmm. my family, my immediate family. I mean, that's just that to me shows their level of friendship and the level of support that he gets from Seb. And I think after seeing some of the flashbacks with his dad and how, how many risks his dad took, seeing Mick take the same risks kind of shows their similarities as drivers to me, even though mm-hmm. Mick isn't at the same level, obviously, you know, it's, it shows that he's willing to take the car to the edge, to the very edge to try to figure out, you know, his limits. And I don't think that unfortunately Haas has that budget to be able to handle yeah. a driver like Mick. Mick will, extract the absolute limit of the car, possibly crash it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And then it costs Haas like a million dollars and they just don't have that. 
Yeah. And also, I mean, Haas, they need to have, you know, the right setup. They need to have, there's a lot that goes into it and versus the way they kind of make it seem like, you know, push, give us all you got, give us like that easy. Right. And he's like, I am like, I am giving it all I have. I can't do any more without crashing it because you need to have control of that car. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting episode. It probably was wasn't my favorite, just mm-hmm. because I didn't I didn't have as much interest in Mick as a driver, I think, as others maybe. But you know, I I I liked getting to know him a little better, and you know, maybe we'll get to know him even more with him being a reserve driver with Mercedes. Who knows what his future is in Formula One? But it was it was a good good episode. It showed him in a good light. And I think that it makes people want to see him back on the grid. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so episode five, want to go into that one? Pardon my French. Yeah, you can take <laughs> okay. that one. Okay. Alpine, it's all about Alpine. You know, they're a French team and they are full of drama this last year. So it's all covered in this episode. If you're watching it, it's it basically goes through their, you know, their team principal, Otmar Safnor. He is to me so incredibly socially awkward. <laughs> when I see him on camera, I'm just like, he's either really smart and just really socially awkward, or oh, sorry, that's my phone. Turn that off. <laughs> So he he just, to me, seems so socially awkward. I don't know what it is. Like, anytime he's in an interview, he just, uh, he's so nerdy. <laughs> but anyway, so it's it's kind of about it's, him. It's like a different presence than the other team Yes, <laughs> Yes. He's just so dry and just not fun. He's not funny. I think he thinks he's funny and... He's just very bland, very boring. I, I don't honestly know how they get how they got a whole episode out of him, but here we are. You know, it shows that that Alpine started out really well and they were sort of in this toss-up between them and McLaren trying to beat each other out at the constructors championship. <laughs> and so, you know, it's one of the one of the the parts of this episode that I thought were so funny and it's so telling as to how serious they take their job is every single driver said no to like those beautiful, amazing French croissants when they were walking into the paddock (laughs) and Yuki was like, Oh yeah, I'll take one. Yeah. (laughs) I just noticed that. I don't know if anyone else noticed it, but I was like, yeah. And Yuki Yuki hates to work out. He (laughs) literally like take your shit seriously. Like stop eating. (laughs) Right before the race, anyway. Uh, so I, I noticed that. And then I also thought it was interesting. You know, they had the Fernando interview and him calling calling himself the dark side. He was yeah. saying, you know, everyone needs a hero and an anti-hero in Formula One. And he was really giving himself that, like, dark, you know, villain vibe. Yeah. He's like, the, I, if this is how people are going to, you know, think that I am, well, okay, then here I go. But but my question is, do they? I feel like I don't look at I don't look at Fernando Alonso as being like a villain. I think he's he is like ruthless. He's an amazing driver. He's extremely smart. He's been in 
the F1 for years. To me, he's a threat, but he's not mm-hmm. a villain. Yeah, he's like know? an all-around like driver, you know, like yeah. What you think of a Formula 1 driver, like to me that's like an old school driver that knows everything about racing, all the different kinds of um you know, different car- like he's done different types of races before, like he mm-hmm. just is about driving, put me in whatever kind of vehicle and I'm going to I'm going to win. And Yeah. Like, I, I just I, like that about him, you know, and he's like, yeah, um, I'm good and I know yeah. how to do this. Like, I've been doing this for how many years now? Like, that's yeah. just how it is. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I, I, I do think um, some of the newer fans, maybe, um, maybe because like, you know, they have Daniel Ricardo, like that got into the sport through um, the show, you know, they, they see like Daniel and um, Lando, like all these young guys that are just like nice and having fun and then you have like the older guys that are like this is (laughs) this is serious you know this is how it was back then like we want to win and we'll do what it takes to win and so I think a lot of them see that as you know he's a jerk or he's the villain or he's all of these things but in reality he's just one of the best drivers the best ever yeah I love how he was on the radio saying, you know, it was it was Fernando and then it was the McLaren driver. So Lando and Ricardo were behind him and Ocon was behind them. And, you know, they were trying to split them up, the the McLaren drivers. They wanted Ocon to pass up Ricardo. And they had left it up to Fernando to sort of illustrate or not illustrate. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, to sort of create that scenario where Ocon was able to pass up Ricardo and he was kind of playing with them, which was so interesting to me. (laughs) Fernando was like, he'd slowed down a little bit. And then on the radio, he says, if they want to fight, they'll pay the price. Like (laughs) I was like, that is so That's another reason probably why people think of him that way is because of his radio messages. They're just, and to me, like, I just think they're funny, (laughs) you know? I know. But yeah, like, I mean, he'll say what he's, feeling on those radio messages like and not apologize like he's like well and I mean in the moment like what are you doing what are you thinking like yeah and if you're faster then pass me you know like he's not messing around and and I like that yeah and I think I think he he sets himself into this you know kind of scary person to race against and that's part of his strategy you know Mm -hmm. uh and and I find it to be very exciting to watch and that race specifically was really really cool it had a cool ending you know Ocon was able to pass up Ricardo and and they ended up you know achieving more points in that race than McLaren and they hit their goal which was great and then it sort of shows the downfall so the episode kind of goes into how Seb you know announces his retirement on Instagram and then every, you know, shit starts to hit the fan basically yeah, where, that's where it all, all the teams are starts. scrambling. <laughs> they're scrambling to find drivers to fill their, their lineup for the next season. And Alonzo gets picked from, from Alpine by Aston Martin with presumably a much larger contract. And he's totally unapologetic about it, which I mm. think is great. I mean, that drivers are out there for themselves and that's yeah. what we learned. And Otmar was just so hurt and so 
sad about like, how could he, you know, I thought there was trust here. And it's like, sorry, these, I mean, they're all about money, you know, best team, most money. What do you, what are you going to give me? I want to win. And that's all that matters. And yep. You know, they gave him a really great deal. I'm sure at Aston Martin and it, yeah. Looking like he might've made the right choice to leave. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes into the whole Oscar Piastri drama about how, mm-hmm. you know, Otmar just came out and said like, oh, we, Oscar Piastri is going to be taking his place. Like, no, there's no contract. Like you did not discuss this with Oscar and his team. They have not signed anything. I mean, this poor kid is, is trying to come in, get the best option he can to, to drive for the best team he can. Is it going to burn his bridges with Alpine sending out a tweet saying, I didn't sign anything? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's and, probably and it gonna said, I will not be racing. So it was, he was certain he was not racing for them. I just yeah. don't see how Alpine could have done that. And I mean, did they think there was a, con- like, what were they thinking, you know, to just go out and say that like that? I mean, those contracts, yeah, it, they, they have every, every single little thing written on it. So the fact that they didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, and we had talked about this a couple weeks ago when we covered Oscar, you know, his, his manager, Mark Weber had gone through the contract with the lawyers and they Mm -hmm. saw like there was no, nothing tying him to that team. So how did they miss that? I don't know, but that was, (laughs) like I said, when we were talking about these episodes, I was like, I really want to see the back end of these reserve drivers and how they get to be where they are and what their experience is like behind the scenes and how they end up on these teams. Mm-hmm. That episode to me, it gave so much. Like I was like, I let, like yes. that was one of it my wasn't, favorites. It wasn't full of just race recaps. No. You saw a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And the race recaps were a bit in the background. So hopefully that will continue on. I haven't watched episode six, Mm -hmm. but (sighs) anyway, so that ends our drive to survive recap. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Also, we're sorry if we spoiled any of the episodes for you (laughs) (laughs) and you haven't watched them yet. So just know if you watch the races and you kept up with things, then, you know, (laughs) you, you know what's going on. Yeah. You know what's going on. So let's go ahead and get into preseason testing. This has been a busy week. (laughs) Yes, Um, you have been doing a really good job keeping up with all of that. Girl. I had a late start. (laughs) I had to keep what I think on Friday afternoon or Saturday is when I started um, watching and I'm like, okay, I need to (laughs) see what's going on here. You know, it's it's hard to even figure out how to recap all of the three days of testing just because there were hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours of racing. I was kind of listening to it in the background some when I felt like, you know, oh gosh, I need to go do this or kids or, you know, whatever. And so I, oh, I constantly had it on. I was trying to capture all of like the, you know, important things that happened, but I'm sure I missed a couple things. So y'all, if I didn't get it all, don't you know, don't come for me, Yeah. but, <laughs> but anyway, so I have a lot more notes on day one and day two than I do day three. I just didn't watch as much day three as I would have liked, but 
So here's what I have for day one. You know, we immediately started with a red flag in the first 10 minutes. Aston Martin, they had Felipe Drogovic driving for them and he had to pull off right away almost. I think the car stopped or something. So they were having some issues right off the bat. McLaren, you know, they were not looking good. They had, they didn't look at all weekend, unfortunately. And so that'll be interesting to see how it plays out in this first race. And even in the first few races, they already have said that they have upgrades coming and that's, Mm -hmm. I feel like not a good sign for them. Yeah. And I I don't think the upgrades are coming till Baku. Um, and I think that's in April or May. Yeah. So it's not looking too good for them right now. Yeah. Uh, so then I had, you know, Haas, uh, that one thing they brought up, which I, I love listening to Sam Collins on F1 TV. He's just so knowledgeable on the technical side of the cars. And I listened to a lot of, of his analysis of the cars and he said, um, Haas has Haas and Mercedes have adopted a design on their front wing. It's a little winglet that comes from the, you've got your front wing of your car and there's these two little baby winglets that come into the car in inside the car design, not outside. So Mercedes and Haas have that, which I thought was, that was like a cool little tidbit that he gave us. And they're, they're looking to see how that affects, you know, all of the, the design of the, you know, just the design of the car overall, but it'll be interesting to see if those have any sort of influence and I'm sure more to come on that, but they were the only two teams that had those little pieces on the inside of their front wings. Yeah. And it's crazy how much something like that, something so small, small Mm -hmm. changes impact the car for good or bad. But I mean, that just goes to show what goes into building a car like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they had a, well, cost was looking good day Mm -hmm. one Mercedes. They had, they were, everyone was kind of focused on the porpoising, which I think that they've accomplished, you know, some, some resolution to the porpoising, which is good. And then they have, they had Alpine. Alpine was looking great, but they ended up having an issue with the side mirrors, I believe. There was like a fracture or something. And then Ferrari, (laughs) the infamous nose dent in the carbon fiber. (laughs) Did you see that? Yes, I did. (laughs) They have so many memes out now where it's like open up and there's like some ramen in there, like a snack. (laughs) The memes are always the best thing to come out of all of this. Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, was that on purpose? No, no, it's not on purpose. The carbon fiber was too thin and it wasn't supported. They fixed it. It's all Mm -hmm. good. Yes. Before before everybody else got all up in arms, they fix it. (laughs) They fixed it. I know. Everyone's like, oh, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they they better get penalized for that. It's like, no, it was an accident. They fixed it. Don't worry. Yeah. And um, I think all, all of the issues that the teams had on day one, I think they were all pretty minor and they were able to fix them like for the yep. the rest of testing. So it wasn't anything that was like, you know, too concerning for, for the teams. Right. And one of the things I noticed was that they, they, what, I, one of the things I heard was that they changed the rules this year. So you can't cover your cars unless you're having to take the floor off of the car. You can't have like those screens up in the pit wall. 
unless you're taking off the floor oh, of the car. Ferrari's so, favorite thing to do. <laughs> I know. Put those walls There's, up. There were a lot of teams that were, you know, stuck out there in the open for other teams to sneak in and look at what, you know, and the media to look at what, what they're doing to the cars. And I thought that was really cool for us to be able to see as viewers that, you know, they can't just cover it up. You know, you got to keep it out there in the open. And uh, so that, that kind of recap day one, day two, they had a, well, Joe Gwen, you had to stop on, on track at the end of day two. And they weren't really sure what the issue was there. And then I also had that Verstappen looked good. McLaren was still struggling and Aston Martin was looking good day two as well. Now they had Max Verstappen driving day one and day two, but he did not drive on day three, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They they just had um, Perez out there. Yeah. And I think Joe, didn't Joe have the fastest lap time at the end of day two? I believe he did. I think it was day two. Yeah. One of the days for sure he had the fastest time. Yeah. Oh, day three, I think was Sergio possibly. Mm -hmm. So day three, I really didn't have much other than, you know, same, same, same exact kind of results. McLaren Red Bull had a really good day, day three. Yep. And uh, one thing I did have noted was that Bottas had a, had a power unit issue with his car. So that was all day three. I think we had Ferrari was showed up pretty, looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think overall with preseason testing, what we've seen is that Haas has taken a step forward, I believe. I think they're going to definitely be better this year. Aston Martin is a force to be reckoned yeah, with. Yeah, they've you know, definitely their, taken a few steps forward. Yeah, with all of their financial backing and everything, they I feel like they've made leaps and bounds. So they're so, definitely a team to look out for. And Williams, I was surprised by Williams. They didn't, you know, their car looks good. They didn't have many issues. They ran the programs they needed to run. And Logan and... And Alex seemed to have a good handle of the car. So Yeah, I feel like Williams, Alpine, Alpha Tari, they just kind of had a good, good testing, but nothing really came out of it where you're like, oh wow, you know, they've made a lot of improvements or things like that. So they just kind of had a a good, decent testing. Not bad. Um, I think McLaren, you would say that they had a a couple steps back or maybe not develop the way they wanted to. So I think uh, Williams and Alpine um, and AlphaTauri are just kind of. Yeah. Just the, just well, a good the midfield is going to get closer this year, mm-hmm. even closer to the front, which I think is going to be so interesting for us to watch, you know, being fans and really wanting to see more of a fight at the front with more teams. I think that the teams are closing the gaps this year and it's very obvious that, you know, with, with the lack of, of major issues on track, I think it shows that, you know, these teams are really closing in and it's going to be an interesting season, I think. Yeah, that's exciting. That's what we all want to see. We want to see more fights at the front. I don't yes. I don't like that saying like the best of the rest and and all of that. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm watching two separate races. Like I want them all to be up there fighting. Yes. Yes. Well, I think 
that wraps up preseason for us. Let's get into the news and rumors. Do we want to talk about the Aston Martin drama this week? Yeah. So we mentioned last episode, it was breaking news that Lance Stroll had a cycling accident. And I don't think they've officially said what happened to him, but I he heard broke that. his wrist. Yeah, both of his wrists, right? Yeah. I don't know if they confirmed it, but that's what they're saying everywhere. So he mm-hmm. broke both of his wrists and won't be taking part in the first race. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't know how long that would take to heal. I feel like he might even miss the second. Yeah, like- so they... I'm not sure if they've announced whether or not he's driving yet, but I would assume he's not. I think they like, did. They, yeah, they did, oh, they did? Uh, okay. yesterday. I think I saw it. So Felipe will be driving. driving. Yep. There were some rumors that that oh, they had contacted <laughs> Seb. Yes, I saw those. <laughs> I saw them. Um, I think Saturday, and I was like, no way. Like, I ignored it. And then um, later, I saw that Crofty even reported, and I was like, whatever. I don't believe it. There's there's no way. And then I kept hearing it again, and I was like, I mean, that would be pretty amazing for Aston Martin, like even just publicity, <laughs> marketing mm-hmm. to have Fernando Alonso and Sebastian Vettel racing together on their team. Like, and yeah. if anybody could do that, it would be Lawrence Stroll. Like, <laughs> you know, he would just like, I have the money, I'm going to do it just to say I did it and brought these two together. <laughs> but then yeah. they put they put a stop to that real quick. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't believe that because, you know, Seb's first, he's probably not even training at that level that he needs to, you know, it's like his first few months of retirement, maybe if it would have been later in the season, like towards the end of the year where he's gotten that family time out of the way, that relaxation time, and he's starting his training back up again, maybe I would have believed it, but (laughs) I didn't, yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen, but that would have been pretty amazing. I would have yeah, liked that. <laughs> I think you're you're probably on the popular side of that. Like, and I'm sure a lot of people want to see Seb back on the racetrack, but I'm kind of excited to see Felipe Drogovic. And yeah. I want to see him race. I mean, I like seeing the new faces and and Seb would be amazing. I'm I'm would not be unhappy if he were mm. driving. But But I, I mean I'm that's excited. why they have their reserve drivers. Yeah. So yeah. They need so to, let's they give need him a shot. Let's see yeah. how he does. But uh, speaking of Aston Martin, we had some more news come out today. Toto was reported saying that, you know, according to their calculations, Aston Martin could be top two based on times. And so we we heard that they they've made a lot of improvements um, Mm -hmm. that they're definitely going to be up at the top. But to say top two, that's that's strong. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I don't know about that to me just sound, I mean, yeah. obviously I don't, I haven't seen the numbers and all the information that they do, but to say that, I, I just, I'm like, I yeah. don't even know what to say. Like, I can't, I'm I can't convinced. imagine that. Yeah. I'm not convinced. I don't, I don't think that Lance has the driving ability to get Aston Martin a, constri- I mean, I'm sorry if you guys like Lance, but. I just feel like he doesn't take his job seriously. He's not that great of a driver. And he's too comfortable in there. He's yeah, it would be on Fernando's back. Yeah. Not he's gonna be carrying that team a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean they need 
both of the drivers to win the constructor championship, mm -hmm. not just one. So, I mean, unless he can get a quick handle on the car, I just don't see it. But yeah, and still for and now with races. him missing races, and we're going to have Felipe on there. You know, we're not sure how how he's going to do, how he's going to be able to right. to handle that. So that's going to take some valuable points away as far yeah. as that, that second driver spot. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I don't I don't see second place for Aston Martin happening, but um, hopefully they will be up there at the top fighting. Yeah, hopefully. So next up, I have uh, Mercedes, you know, they're working on a new rear wing and they say that they have helped fix the considerable bouncing this year. So they had the major porpoising problems. Do we think that Mercedes is going to have the same struggle as last year? I don't think so. I don't think that, and definitely not as much. Maybe they, they still might have a little bit of catching up to do in the first couple races, but not like they were last year in the beginning where they My were, I mean, they were like what, sixth, seventh, like they were back there. And like yeah. I said about the drive to survive, it reminds you how lucky they got to be able to move up to fifth right. and fourth because of all of those other mistakes and incidents mm -hmm. that happened with Red Bull and Ferrari. So, yeah. And yeah. they also mentioned, so they have the new rear wing for Bahrain that they're going to have. Mm -hmm. And Toto also said that throughout the season, they'll be changing the side pods up a bit. Yes. So they have a lot of planned for yes. the future uh, races. So we'll see yes, how, that <laughs> how much faster Mercedes. they get. <laughs> Hopefully going to going to sauce it up a little bit with mm -hmm. some side pod action. But yeah. I, I know a lot of people look at that car, the Mercedes and think, Oh, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The zero pod. But yeah, hopefully they, they can make some significant changes this year that will bring them up closer to the top three. And if it's, if you're asking my prediction, I feel like Mercedes and Aston Martin are going to go head to head for three for third. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's That'll my hot take. To see. <laughs> um, so, okay, next up I have Alfa Romeo. You know, I mentioned earlier they did have a power unit concern, power unit problems on day three with Bottas. And I am wondering, does that show signs of trouble for Ferrari? You know, they run the same engine. So are they going to have reliability issues again this year? <laughs> I don't know. Like, no comment on that. <laughs> I know. Well, they ran all of their programs during preseason and had no issues. So yeah. it seemed like they had a very successful preseason, Ferrari. So I guess we'll see. Maybe it was a fluke, but. Yeah, maybe is... it was one of those things that they can just take care of easily mm -hmm. and move on. Yeah. Um, because so, that was really only the one time that they had that issue, right? With Botas when he had to. I believe Did they have so. any. I don't know because Joe had issues with his car as well, but I don't know mm, what that was. Yeah, about. I don't know. I don't remember exactly if it was yeah. both of them having the same issue or if it was something completely right. different. Right. Now, the one thing I will say is that it is reported that Ferrari are having concerns about tire deg. So are they going to be running through those tires like candy mm -hmm. this season? I don't know. But that's something that was rumored throughout the paddock this weekend during preseason is that they were struggling with, with degradation. 
Mm -hmm. which also could lead to maybe some strategy calls that might not work out or, or make it more difficult on what kind of strategy do we need to be on with these tire issues. So yep. it's like one thing leads to another to another. <laughs> I know. Well, speaking of Ferrari and the strategies, they have appointed a new head of strategies, Ravin Jane. So that should be hopefully a benefit to them this next season. I mean, I would assume that if they're appointing a new head of strategies that they're, they're, you know, hoping to make steps forward. Yeah. They realize that they need to make changes and he was appointed by Fred. So it was his decision to do it. And he's been with Ferrari since 2016. He mm-hmm. was a math mathematics modeling engineer. He's uh, oh. yeah. He seems to be a really, really smart guy with like physics and mathematics and all of that stuff. So, and he's a young guy. Um, let me, let me look up his age. I think it was like 26. Yeah, he did seem, from the photos, it looked like he was pretty young. And I'm just hoping that this means that we won't have any more issues with tires, <laughs> tires and pit stops, yeah. <laughs> all of the things. Yeah, he's 26 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he is 26 years old um, and already has a lot of, um, like experience. He's mm. um, been like, he took part in with other teams, like when it was Williams Martini and Cataram. So he's had that experience at, with other teams and not just Ferrari. And he's been with Ferrari for a few years. So um, they definitely mm-hmm. saw something in him that, you know, that this young guy can, can bring to the strategy. Hopefully it, it works out for them, but yeah. I think any change is going to be good change because Ferrari just was not, Cutting it with Couldn't those strateg- much worse. strategies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so might as well take a shot on that. Yeah. So next on the list with news, I have that we have to talk about the infamous pit wall yes. for Haas. <laughs> when I saw this, I thought it was a joke at first because I saw the picture of it, the little mini pit wall, and yeah. I was like, "Is this some? Is it? Am I? Is this a meme or what is this?" But no, it's serious. <laughs> Yes, so they reportedly are saving $250,000 this year uh, by downsizing their pit wall by 50%. They used to have six seats, now they have three. Mm -hmm. And they are claiming that it not only saves them money, but it helps to save their footprint on the world. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and they're already putting that extra money towards upgrades. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do with <laughs> at Haas yes. and try to improve. Yes, exactly. Well, good for Haas. If, yeah. if, if it helps them out, then I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. It's, it's a cute, it's a cute little pitfall. Yeah, ball. it'll look funny, <laughs> but we'll get used to it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's all we have for news. And... I'm sure we're missing things in the news, but you know, there's a lot going on. uh, Yeah, so much has gone on. And it's race week. I mean, yes. And since it's race week, the very beginning of the season, we cannot not give y'all our predictions. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to do team by team predictions. So we're going to see which driver will come out on top for each team. And we're also going to say if we think the team will get a podium or not this year. (laughs) So let's start with Williams. 
And we have, okay. yeah. So let's start with Williams. What do you think? Who's going to come out on top? Um, so I'm going to give this one to Alex. I feel like, you know, he has the experience with the team. Logan is a, a new young guy coming in. He's still getting his foot underneath his feet underneath him. So I'm going to go Alex. Okay. I agree. Um, for those same reasons. Um, but I also don't think that Logan will do as poorly as Latifi did. So even though Albon will come out on top, I think, right. um, it won't be as there'll be less mistakes. Yeah. Podium or no podium for the team. Wah, wah, wah. No podium. <laughs> yeah, no podium. <laughs> okay, so next we have Alpha Tauri. What do you think? You know, I'm going to give it to DeVries. I think DeVries, I mean, maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I'm way off, but I think DeVries has what it takes. He's got the maturity. He has the drive. He has the the passion to do it, and I just think this year there's too much pressure on Yuki, and I think he's going to fall short. I agree. I have <laughs> Nick coming out on Look top. Look at us. And also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so you didn't see this because um, you haven't watched yet on Drive to Survive, but he comes out, and you can just see he's ready to go in there and lead the team, and, you know, he's like he's just ready for it. So I just see him def- doing really good, and yeah, unfortunately for Yuki – I don't think he's as polished of a driver yet, so and doesn't have that maturity. Mm-hmm. So Nick will will come out on top. Podium or no podium? Are we gonna go back and look at these later? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go podium. Oh, okay. I'm feeling well I'm if feeling, they get a podium, know. then we're definitely gonna come back and replay that. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Okay. But now you have me thinking. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with these wild I just feel like if there's the an opportunity, then they're going to take it. Yeah. Okay. So, so next we have Haas. Oh, this was hard. <laughs> Maybe we have different predictions, but I'm going to go Hulkenberg. So did I. You did? I think yeah. But I think it's going to be close. With these two, but I think oh, Nico's going to I think they're going to be so neck and neck. I just yeah. feel like they're both going to come back with fresh perspectives. I think Magnuson may have the edge in a lot of races, but I'm just – I just feel like Hulkenberg has the driving ability that Magnuson doesn't, and maybe mm-hmm. that's just me, but I just feel like maybe Hulkenberg has a slight edge on the driving. Yeah. Than and ma- and maybe – I don't even know if it's going to take him a few races, but – I think mm-hmm. I think he'll he'll take it. All right, Aston Martin. Oh wait, we didn't say do we want? Do oh, we that's think right. He'll get okay. a podium. Okay, so podium gonna, or no podium for Haas? I'm gonna go podium. Podium. Okay. No, oh, you're being generous, handing out all these podiums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with no podium. Okay. Okay, but now I'm like, you have me thinking now that you're 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 being so positive about all these podiums. <laughs> okay, Aston Martin. Oh, gosh. Well, this isn't hard. Yeah. (laughs) Fernando takes it. Yes, of course. (laughs) Of course. And if he doesn't, I mean, I'm like, should I even say what I think if he doesn't take it? (laughs) 
But if he doesn't, I just think there is no world. Yeah, there is if no he world. doesn't beat Lance Stroll, then it's because they very obviously gave the better strategy to Lance, or mm-hmm. gave him some upgrades, or who knows what. But Fernando, a hundred percent, takes this. And podium or no podium? A, a podium. <laughs> I'm gonna go with yes. Podium. Yeah. And maybe, maybe a couple now with this new news coming in. Maybe a couple so. podiums. I think so. I think okay. we might even see a race win. Who knows? Okay, Alfa Romeo. Uh, so yeah, that one's hard. You want to take that one? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bottas. Yeah, I, I I just think Bottas has the he has the experience. He was ranked higher than than Joe last mm-hmm. season, and I think it's just going to stay the same. I think yeah, and he also had a really change. really good start last last year with them, um, mm-hmm. and I think he's just he's just going to keep that going. Yes, um, podium or no podium? No podium. No, for me too. All right, McLaren. (laughs) Oh, McLaren. Poor McLaren. I feel for them, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to go Lando on this one, but I struggle because I know Oscar has it in him. You know, he's an FP2, or he's an F2 and an F3 champion. So I know he has the skill, but I just think it's not going to be there for him when it comes to competing with Lando. I think Lando's mm-hmm. going to out, outperform. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lando, but I think it's going to be really, really close. And if, like, seeing the struggles that McLaren had this weekend, and if that continues, I'm wondering how that will affect Lando. I happened to see something this morning that... That he punched a he wall. Was, yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> if... That's where his head is at right now. Then that might be a good thing for um, Oscar to yeah, take for, advantage of. For Oscar to take advantage of because right mm-hmm. now, you know, he has nothing to lose. He's going in there. You know, he's won all his championships before and he's just being positive. So he might be able to right. take advantage of Lando's uh, mental state with the team right now. So. I think it's going to be really, really close between those two. Yes. All right. Podium or no podium? You you tell me. <laughs> you, you take this one. I had yes. Okay. I'm going no. Yeah. But now, yeah, I'm rethinking that. But, I mean, you never know what will happen later in the season. Yeah. But I had yes. I mean, it's it's – it's not due to lack of wishful thinking. I would love to mm-hmm. see McLaren, McLaren take a podium, but – I just don't yeah. see it. Yeah. With, with what we've been hearing now, the recent news, it's not mm-hmm. looking very good. Okay. So we have Alpine. Yeah. This is a tough one for me as well. I'm going to say that both drivers are going to do really well this season, but I think Pierre is going to have a slight advantage over Ocon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one was kind of a hard one too. But I went with Ocon just because he's driven with Alpine already. So he's familiar with the team and the car. Um, 
But that's really the only reason why. And I think that one will also be a really close one between them. Okay. Podium? No podium. Yeah, no podium for me. All right. Now, okay. Mercedes. Ugh. <laughs> Do I have to pick one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Lewis. I think he's still got it in him, and I think that they're going to prioritize his, his races over George still. I'm going to go with George. It's a tough one. It's, yeah. It's really tough. They're yeah. both amazing. And I think, there's, but the, I think they're going to be fighting it out more this year than last year. Mm-hmm. And But I'm going to go George. And I think that they need Mercedes might go with that momentum of George winning last year and just kind of, I think it'll help motivate him. And I mean, he's kind of the future of Mercedes. So I think they should take advantage of that and give, like, keep George moving forward instead of kind of taking him a few steps back if they put all their support in Lewis. Mm-hmm. So podium or no podium? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, okay. I, and I think I, they'll have a couple wins this year. I, I think podium for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Wins? Hopefully they have a couple wins. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they'll do it. All right. Yeah. So now we've got Ferrari. Mm. Gotta love our C C two. Yeah. C two combo. <laughs> I'm going Charles. Me too. Charles. And um also the same with like what I said about Mercedes. I think it's gonna be a bigger fight than last year. I think they're gonna be a lot closer than they were last year. And I feel like we're gonna have some good battles this year, <laughs> according to my predictions, because everyone's gonna be so close. So I think yeah. we're gonna have some good battles. And Hopefully podium, not battles yes. that take them out. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, better podium, behave. Podium, yes, absolutely. Yes, with multiple wins. And then now we have Red Bull. You can't not go Max. Yeah. I mean, if you go Max. Sergio, are, are, do you have eyes? <laughs> have you been watching? <laughs> yes, Max. And of course, podiums and multiple wins. Perfect. I think we agreed on a lot of stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I think yeah. the only one we didn't agree on was. Alpine and Haas. Yep. And yeah, Alpine and Haas. We had different views on those. So we'll see what happens. I think we should definitely revisit this when Mm -hmm. the season's over and give give ourselves a See how we're doing for the summer break. Yeah. We're definitely, I mean, y'all, seriously, do not take these. uh, One thing I was going to say is before we get into the driver predictions, it ain't that deep. You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> so don't, much can don't come for us. Yeah. Don't come for us. It does not mean that we have a favorite because we pick one driver over the other. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. It's our, it's all in fun. It's all in fun. So don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on to the driver. Okay. How should we, should we start back? Should we do I all of them? Or? My notes. Let's okay. go from like 20 to one. Okay. Can do that? All right. Okay. And then okay, you can wait, wait. you can do this one. 
Oh, wait, before we do this, I did want to give the people on our Instagram like major props for writing in to us to let us know who they thought. And I wanted to shout out some of them. So can we do that real quick? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So before we give ours, I know Mm -hmm. they're good. Okay. So F1 podcast. Thank you guys for commenting. It says, you know, so some of their predictions were, does Lando Norris win his first race? Does Fernando Alonso leave Aston Martin halfway through the season? (laughs) Could, could Max Verstappen pull off a three-peat? We don't know. So that was a great comment, and I guess we'll have to see. But I think that that's what they were uh, hoping for. Mm-hmm. So, okay, next up was Allison, and she says Max, Charles, and Russell as top three. So I thought that okay. was interesting. And then she also said, would love to see Lando on a podium and Mick and Danny in a race. We would love to see that too. Allison. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people would like to see that. Yes. And then we have Ape- oh, Apex Takeover Podcast. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Okay. So they said Nico Hulkenberg on podium. <laughs> we would love to see it. We would yeah, love to see I it. I mean, everybody would just go crazy for that. <laughs> yeah. And then... Well, my husband sent in his predictions, so let's see how wrong he gets it. <laughs> okay, so I like said, how you automatically go to how wrong he gets it instead of how right he could be. <laughs> he better be wrong. No, yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> Based on these. Okay, so he said uh, number 10, Ocon, number 9, Gasly, number 8, Lando, number 7, Alonzo. Number six, Signs. Number five, Russell. Four, Sergio. Three, Hamilton. Two, Leclerc. And one, Max. And then with a wild card, he said, Danny Rick gets a start this year and a podium. <laughs> I think a lot of people are wanting that this year. <laughs> a lot. It might it's maybe a it'll happen. Let's hope Sergio gets gets some sort of stomach bug. <laughs> no, I, I don't wish that on anybody. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, so okay. thank you guys so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that was it. fun. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, let's see. Let me pull up my my predictions over here. <clears throat> Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, so, or do we want to go like, oh, yeah, let's go 10, or let's together. Go 20 to 1. No, let's go 20 to 1, you, and then I'll do okay. 20 to 1, me, because it could get confusing for people listening. Okay. All right. So okay. first I want to say that I think this year we're going to have everybody scoring scoring points. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen. Um, so with that, I think 20, Logan Sargent, and then Alex Albon. Oh, and by the way, the amount of times I changed this list, you have no Same. idea. Same. <laughs> if it would, I wish I had it on paper just so that you could see, like, all the scratches I would have made. Yeah. Okay, so we got Logan Sargent, Alex Albon, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Granu, okay. Valtteri Bottas, 17. Okay. 
Kevin Magnuson, 16. And I'm still, I'm looking at this and I'm like, no, I need to change stuff. <laughs> 15, <laughs> Nico Hulkenberg. Okay. 14, Yuki. 13, oh. Oscar Piastri. Okay. 12, Lando Norris. And I have Lance on as number 11, but we'll see how that works out and how many races he misses. But he might make it up there if uh, Aston Martin are as good as they say. So, yeah. um, number 10, Nick DeVries. Oh, that's a that is high. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Nine, Esteban Ocon. Mm-hmm. Eight, Pierre. Number seven, Fernando. Number six, Lewis. And this, he was one of the ones I changed. Um, okay. <laughs> George Russell for number five. And then okay. I actually switched Lewis and, well, actually switched. So I had Sergio at six and I moved him up to number four. So <laughs> we'll see. Hmm. And then number three, I have Carlos Sainz. And then for number two, this might be a shock to those of you that know me or have talked to me, but I have Charles Leclerc as number two and Max as number one, which I changed from what I originally had. So Based off of preseason? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's just a lot of things. I kept going back and forth and I was like, no, I don't, I don't think this is the year yet. Maybe next year. Once all of these new people are settled in Mm -hmm. and it's, but I think it's going to be close. It's going to be exciting. I think it's going to go till the last race. Unlike last year. All right. So we had different ones, like a lot of different, (laughs) especially in the back. Mm -hmm. I went, I went. Yeah. I feel like the, my back, I mean, I just changed it so much. Like there's just so many, so much news coming out and with testing. I know it's it's hard. hard, It's hard to keep up. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, again, let me repeat. It ain't that deep. So <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're upset or offended by my rankings, please don't be. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, so I agree with Lynette. I think that the majority of the lineup will get points this season. I think the the teams are looking really good. They're all looking like they're going to be much closer together, which is so exciting. And I'm ready. I am so ready. So with that being said, number 20, Logan Sargent. Number 19, Alex Albon. We were the same there. (laughs) 18, Yuki. I think it's, I think it's out for Yuki. 17, Lance. 16. (laughs) (laughs) 16, Oscar. I just don't think McLaren has it. <clears throat> 15, Kevin Magnuson. 14, Joe Guan Yu. Okay. 13, Nico. 12, Nick DeVries. 11, Valtteri Bottas. And then my top 10. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Top 10. 
Unfortunately, Lando will not be lucky number seven this year. I think he's going to be 10. Uh, nine, Esteban Ocon. Eight, Pierre Gasly. Seven, Fernando Alonso. Six, Sergio. <laughs> See, that's what I had, but. Yeah, I'm going. I'm, we I'm we were doing screwed. good there with the top 10, almost the top nine matching up. Almost, but. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm sticking to my guns. I did not make many changes to my top 10, except for with Fernando, because mm -hmm. I saw Aston Martin and I said, okay, he's going to be up there. I know. I just have to give it to him. But the rest stayed the same for me. So <laughs> we'll see how, how it holds up. Um, okay. Five, George Russell. Four, Carlos Sainz. Three, Lewis. I'm sticking with it. Two, Max. <laughs> one, Charles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Stay, stick with that. Look, it might be wishful thinking, but if he gets first, at least one of us got it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that's that's what I'm going with. Max two, Charles one. I'm hoping maybe it's close battles in most of the races and that we get to see that Ferrari win this year. It would be cool to have another team win. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, we already had Red Bull four years, Mercedes seven years, and now do we want a repeat of that another who no. knows how many years with the no, same team. I don't. So, yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't have appreciated it with the seven Mercedes. If I were a fan back then, I, I feel like I would have wanted a different team to win as well. Even though I, I like the drivers, I, I just want someone else to win. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. And then final, we have the constructors championship. Red Bull. Wait, you have to go. <laughs> Oh, ten to oh, one. <laughs> oh, did I, I had to go ten to one. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Oops, I messed it up, guys. <laughs> All right. So, Constru constructors championship. Go. Okay. Ten Going to one. Back to yeah. Back to the winner. Okay. So, Williams ten. This is really hard. Alfa Romeo, nine. I'm doing this off the top of my head, by the way. I'm mm -hmm. not, I didn't put too much thought into this one. Uh, Alpha Tauri, wait, eight. Alpine, I'm sorry, McLaren, seven. Alpine, six. Haas, Five. Oh, this, this is where it gets hard, the top four. Um, I'm going to go Aston Martin four, only because I feel like their drivers are not matched up. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mercedes, three. Ferrari, two. Red Bull, one. Okay. So I have Williams, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, McLaren at seven. Haas, Alpha Tauri, 
Aston Martin at four, and then Mercedes, Red Bull, and I think Ferrari is going to take the constructors. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Max will win and Ferrari will win the constructors. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. I think our predictions are good. Yeah. They're educated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thought went into this. <laughs> a ton. A ton. Yeah. A lot of analytics and data and all the things. Um mm. No, uh, but yeah, this has been fun today. I, I think we are out of time. It's been a, a very long episode and we just enjoyed, you know, talking about our recaps and talking about preseason and making our predictions. And we just cannot wait for this week. It yeah. is, it's it is be opening week. It's going to be so much fun. So what we will do for next week is we will recap the, the race and talk about any news. And if you guys have any questions, just chime in. We'd love to do another pit crew segment. And that's all we have for y'all today. So I guess we will see you guys next week. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Let us know what you think of the race and we'll be back next week to talk about it. Yes. Oh, and don't forget to please subscribe and rate our podcast. We would love that. And Follow us on all of our social channels. Lynette, we are almost at 100 followers on Instagram. Can you believe it? That's amazing. Exciting. So come join us there if you haven't. Yes. And hate to say it, but like our TikTok's kind of popular. We got a lot of (laughs) views on TikTok. So we're making some pretty cool videos for y'all. Definitely check us out and we will talk to you guys next week. All right. See you guys next time. Thanks, Lynette. Bye. Bye.